Thanks again Welcome for listening to, to this message from Reality Student Ministries. Our hope is that you've learned a little bit more fullest, of who God is and who He has called day. you to be. For information, for information on, on how you can get connected to our student ministry, to connect, be, sure be sure to check, to us, check out us out online at reality.painsvilleag.com or as like well our Facebook, like our Facebook page, page at RSM. Now get now out there and have an incredible message. day. So, we are starting a new series this month, um, and it's called The Grave Robber. And don't worry, it's not going to be scary, like, right? We're actually talking about the miracles of Jesus found in the Gospel of John, because there are some distinct miracles only found in the Gospel of John that aren't found anywhere else. And so we're going to be talking about some of those, and um, I'm excited. Sorry, I got a mint in my mouth right now. Um, I'm excited about what God's going to do, and I, I think that as we go through this, we're going to see that, you know, when we start to view miracles, when we start to see the miracles in Scripture, we're going to start to realize that those miracles are a picture of what God wants to do in our life now. It's not something to look back in, in the Bible and be like, well, that was cool, he healed a blind guy, or, you know, if I'm ever blind, I'll be sure to call Jesus up, or, you know, oh, that was cool, he, he did that, uh, you know, multiplied fishes and loaves. Well, if I ever have some fish and bread that I want multiplied, right, who would ever want that? Because that's just gross. But it's one of those things, that, unless it's fish tacos. I love me some fish tacos. Those are so good. Anyone like fish tacos? Some of you guys? Okay, I love fish tacos, right? Um, so, so some of those things, it's not about, oh God, would you just recreate that miracle now? No, no. It is a picture of what God wants to do in your life now. So I'm going to uh, start off tonight Got a couple different ways we're going to go. And for some of you that are ADD, you're going to be like, this is awesome because it's like he's all over the place. And for some of you that are very organized, you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, just get to the point. I can't figure out where you're going with this. So just follow along. It's going to be okay. All right. You can always go to reality.painsvilleag.com and listen to the podcast again so you can listen to it multiple, multiple times. If you want to follow along, there are note sheets under your chairs. Do not open the envelopes yet that are under there. We'll get to that in a second. How many of you guys have ever heard the phrase, mama knows best? Right? Mama knows best. Mama knows best. How many of you guys have ever heard the phrase, hey, uh, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? Right? We, we all kind of know that there's this, there's this idea that our mamas kind of kind of know best, and, and they're kind of these people that like to like to try to you know help us out. And and hey, why don't you go clean your room? Hey, you want to get good grades? Why don't you go study a little bit more? Hey, why don't you turn the Netflix off and go uh, put up the dishes? Why don't you go hug your sister or your brother? See, I think mamas are, are have this spiritual gift of of they kind of like to nudge, right? They're kind of nudgers. Anyone have a mama that's kind of a nudger? She's kind of like, a, hey, why don't you go out and go do that, right? Why don't you go be, uh, go be the best that you can? And here's the thing. I think the reason that mamas do that is because they see the potential in you. They see the best that you can be. They see, you know, oh, my goodness, you, you have so much potential, and I believe in you. I believe that there's something inside of you that can, that can strive for excellence. That's why they're like, hey, why don't you go clean your room a second time because I think you missed a spot because they want you to strive for excellence. Your mamas kind of have this, this spiritual gift of nudging you to become everything that you were created to be, that they see something inside of you, right? Uh, I still remember Lauren had, uh, has parents that, um, she was, she was 
I'll, I'll say this, it's going to sound wrong, but she was really cool in high school, um, but on this particular night, um, she, she was just staying at home, and she had stayed at home because I went off to college, and she was dating me, and she's like, I just don't have any friends, and her parents kind of gave her a nudge, and this is one of the coolest nudges a parent can ever give. Her parents found out something about her other friends, what the, her other friends were doing. Her other friends were actually going to TP somebody, and her parents were like, why don't you go hang out with your friends and, and, and just, you know, go TP their house? I don't know any parent that would nudge you to go TP somebody else's, like, uh, area. I think it was like a camp out or something. But, but Lauren's parents kind of nudged her into that, say, hey, why don't you go do this? Why don't you go make friends? Because this is important. Don't just be all alone. <sighs> right? But why don't you go nudge? Uh, why don't you go hang out with some friends? My mom is actually here tonight. Um, it's awesome. She's in the back. Mom, can you do a little woot-woot? Yeah, that's my mom. Um... If you, ever, if you ever came to any of my uh, sports events, you would always be able to know where my mom is because that, is that is her like token phrase. Woo, 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 woo! That's my son! Right? And that's just how she always was. Super embarrassing, but that's, that's my mama. She's my cheerleader. Um, and, my, and I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for my mama nudging me a little bit. Hey, why don't you go on that missions trip as a freshman? Hey, why don't you go and, and check this college out at ORU? Hey, why don't, you, why don't you pursue God a little bit more about this decision in your life? Why don't you get on your knees a little bit, Donnie, about this? And she constantly was, was uh, nudging me to pursue God fully. And so it's one of those things that our mamas can be great nudgers, right? Now, I told you I was going to go all over the place. So now onto a totally different track that has nothing to do with any moms or anything like that. In 1932, there is this German guy, Old Kirk Christenstein. Okay, yeah. Try to say that three times fast. There's this guy, and he created he was uh, he created this this uh, this company, and this company's motto was the best is never too good. And I feel like that's kind of where our mamas. Ooh, hey, look, I compared it a little bit. I feel like that's where our mamas sometimes come in. Or it might not be your mamas. It might be somebody else. It might be uh, you know it might be a teacher. It might be a neighbor. It might be somebody like that. That's kind of a nudger. That kind of says, hey, you know what? The best is never too good. Let's go after the best. Let's just not go after good enough. But let's go after the best. Let's let me nudge you. And, and by the way, I'm not doing like the chicken dance. Do 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 do. That's like me nudging. That's how I nudge. Is <laughs> go right. That's my nudging. Um. So there's this German, and he said the best is never too good. And he created a toy that children could play with. And this company, um, in German, it was two words that stood for play well. Play well. Anyone ever know play with a play well? No? Okay. You actually might have, um, because when you mash the two German words together, it's called Lego. And anyone ever heard of Lego? Okay. So I don't think this guy would have realized that years, uh, you know, almost now the new century, that there would be a whole, like, theme park called Legoland, and that literally 20 billion of his little bricks are produced annually. Like, it's crazy. I, I have a problem. Anyone, like, huge into Legos? Like, big? I know Andrea is back there. Okay, so I have issues. Obadiah is starting to get into them. I have issues, like, creating, like, a house with four walls. Like, and then I go, and we're in Disney World uh, a couple months ago, and there's this giant dragon coming out of the water made entirely out of Legos. And I was just like, what in the world? Like, how do they get that? Like, I can't get my roof on my house thingy to go. And, like, they create this huge, crazy, like, it's just amazing what you can do with Legos. Legos, they're crazy. All right, next topic. 
My sermon tonight has nothing to do with either one of those things. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to it in a little bit. Here's what I want to define for us tonight. At the top of that page, at the top of your notes, you'll have a blank. And this is what I want us to define. I want us to look at what a miracle is. And that's the blank right there is, what is a miracle? A miracle is defined as an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. Say what? All right, so basically what a miracle is, a miracle is something that happens to us, like humans in the natural, that uh, can only happen through something other than humans or something natural. God. God is the only way that a miracle can happen. So, and so that's what, how we're defining a miracle. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many, now looking at the definition of something supernatural, something out of the natural, something that you couldn't ever do on your own, but you experienced it, and, and it's only because of God. How many of you have ever experienced a miracle? A couple of you, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome. Cool, that's really cool. Now I'm going to ask you another question. How many of you are sitting still right now? Like, I'm not saying you're, like, you're not fidgeting, but you're not running around the building right now. You're sitting in this room with me. Okay, good. Some of you are maybe not here all the way. Maybe you're in Mars right now. Um, you didn't raise your hand, so that's okay. But here's the thing, here's the truth. We're actually, none of us are sitting still right now. We're actually hurling at 70,000 miles an hour through space. And we're spinning at over 1,000 miles an hour. So how many of you guys like carnival rides? Like you go to the carnival, like the fair, and you're like, this is awesome. I'm going to stay on here till I puke. All right, this is like a million times greater than any carnival ride. Riding on Earth. You are literally right now, we are hurtling 70,000 miles an hour through space, spinning at the same time, right? Over 1,000 miles an hour. That is crazy. That is just insane. And what's crazy to me is we're traveling faster than the speed of sound, faster than the uh, fastest jet has ever been built, and we're hurling through here, and yet on days, have you guys ever had days where you're just like Netflix, like binge? You just sit on the couch and do nothing, like Okay, so on days, next time your parents, and I'm going to get probably bad emails or calls from your parents now, on days that your parents are like, you did nothing today, you could say, not true, mother or father, or whoever it might be, uh, you could say, actually, I traveled 1.6 million miles today sitting on this couch watching Netflix, my favorite Netflix show, right? Um, you have traveled in one 24-hour span, we travel 1.6 million miles. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. All right, and so... Here's my question to you. When was the last time that you ever thanked God for staying in orbit? Like, whew, thank you, God, that we didn't fall out of orbit today. That was so close. I was really worried for a second there. The blood moon came out. And I was like, oh, boy. Right, here we go. Oh, okay. Just kidding, right? Like, how, when was the last time? I can't think of the last time. I, I don't think I've ever thanked God. Thank you, God, for making us through orbit. Thank you for... Uh, making us go around the sun another day, right? So often we take these big miracles, because guess what? That's supernatural. That's nothing you can do. We take these big miracles for, for granted. You know, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years now, our earth has, has been spinning in this orbit, 
and it hasn't deviated one way or the other. If we go too far, just a, just a mile or two, we're going to freeze to death. If we go the other way, we're going to burn up. And yet, over thousands upon thousands of years, we have stayed in this orbit, and it's only by God. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? And what's even crazier is with all the spinning around, traveling at 70,000 70, miles per hour, we still, our bodies, even with me spinning, as I'm spinning on earth, as I'm traveling 70,000 miles an hour, even with all that, our bodies are so incredible that our God's not only a, a big God that cares about the big things, he cares about the little things, and, and I'm able to have equilibrium. Like, I'm able to stand straight most of the time, right? Able to walk straight and not trip over things most of the time, right? Um, and so all of a sudden you start to realize, did you realize that your brain, some of you already opened the envelopes, put them back? Uh, did you realize that your brain actually, this is what's crazy, it could do calculations, it performs 10, put the envelopes down. Oh man, I know. I noticed it, now people broke it, now everyone's going to want to get in it. We're going to get there, don't worry, it's going to be awesome. Did you realize that your brain, your brain actually does 10 quadrillion, not a million, not a billion, not trillion, that's not a word. Quadrillion, 10 quadrillion calculations per second. Per second. On 10 watts of power. Like, I can't microwave my hot pocket with 10 watts of power. It's crazy. And yet my brain, every second, is doing 10 quadrillion calculations in my body. Every second. You know, it would take a computer, a, a gigawatt of power produced by Perry's, nuclear power plant to be able to keep up with that. And every one of us is running at that speed right now. That's crazy to me. And what's even crazier to me is our DNA, if written out, how many of you know what DNA is? If you've ever watched the Avengers or watched Spider-Man, you've seen like the little helix that's like, ooh, it's a, little, a ladder that's like turning, right? If our DNA was written out, it would be the, one of the biggest books. It would be three billion word book. You know how many Bibles that is? King James, that's 4,000 Bibles. That's a lot of Bibles. Just your DNA. Just my DNA. 4,000 King James Bibles written out. Crazy. You know, this is what's even crazier. How many of you guys are, like, horrible at packing? Like, you, if I tell you, okay, you can bring one bag, you're, like, stuffing everything, it's, like, popping out, and you're like, oh, the zipper's breaking, get it in! Like, Lauren and I have, uh, these past couple times we've traveled, had to, like, get on top of the suitcase to zip it around. I just packed for my hiking trip that I'm taking, I'm leaving tomorrow to fly out to California to backpack with my dad, and I tried to uh, pack everything for just three days, and I can't get it in just one suitcase, and it's, like, still busting at the seams, and it's, like, almost to the 50-pound limit. It's, like, this is ridiculous. I used to work at FedEx where uh, if you see the semis going down, I would be the one that put the boxes into the semis and it was like a giant 3D Tetris game of right? And you had to pack it really tight and in there. That's what's crazy. But guess what? God he is a master packer. Because inside your body, if you took all of your blood vessels, your arteries, your capillaries, like everything that blood runs through, if you took it out, and this is kind of gross, so don't imagine it, but if you took it out and laid it end to end, all your veins out, it would circle the earth two and a half times. Two and a half times. 
And yet he stuffed all of it. Get it in there inside your body. That's crazy. Like, I need him to pack my luggage for me. It's ridiculous, right? Psalms 139 says this, For it was you who formed me, formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. People say they have never experienced a miracle. And some of you guys didn't raise your hand, but this is the truth. You have never not experienced a miracle. Your body and the calculations it makes is a miracle. The fact that we're staying on this globe and going 70,000 miles an hour right now, I'm getting dizzy just thinking about it, is a miracle. So you have never, for as long as you've been, since you were conceived, you have never not experienced a miracle. Something supernatural that you couldn't control and it was only done from God. Albert Einstein said this. He said, there's only two ways to live your life. As if nothing is a miracle or as if everything is. You have never not experienced a miracle. And so this series is going to challenge the way that we view God and the way we view ourselves. Because when we start to see that these miracles in the Bible are a picture of what God wants to do in our life now. So, so many people, though, however, get to this point where they just want to seek the miracle. God, I just want you to come through. God, would you just heal me? God, would you just uh, work in my marriage? Would you give me a new job? God, would you do this? Would you give me A's on this test I didn't study for? Right? They just want to go after the miracles. But the thing is, you got to go after Jesus. Don't seek the miracles. Seek Jesus. If you get nothing else from this series, I want you to catch that. We do not seek the miracles. We seek Jesus. And I pray that uh, this would ring in our minds, this phrase. I heard this worship song earlier this week, and I was just like, man, that is, now I want that to be my cry. May I never lose my wonder of you, God. May I never lose my wonder. Because how fascinating is it that we serve a God that can pack two and a half times the earth into our bodies of blood vessels. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. So this series is going to stretch our faith. There's a, somebody once said, a mind stretched by a new idea will never return to its original state. And I would argue that when we, I would pray that our faith would be stretched by this new idea of what a miracle really is and the miracle working power of Jesus. And that our faith would never return to the same state. It would never return to the same state. Because God has given us this miracle of life. And how we steward miracles is by believing bigger and better things are yet to come. By believing that our God can do immeasurably, immeasurably more than you could ever hope for, dream of, or imagine. That's how you steward this miracle of life that you've been given. That's how you steward the miracles that you've been given. Is believing God that he can do immeasurably more than you could ever dream of or imagine. Remember, don't seek the miracles. Seek Jesus. Go after Jesus. So let's look at the very first miracle that was performed, that Jesus performed. Book of John, chapter 2. If you don't got your Bibles, that's fine. If you don't have an app on your phone, that's fine. You can see it up on the screen. Uh, we're going to read here, uh, starting in verse 1. It says this, On the third day, there was a wedding. How many of you guys have ever been to a wedding? Right? I used to, I tried to take gym cl gymnastics class once because I was going to my cousin's wedding and all I wanted to do is learn how to do a sweet backflip. I was the oldest person. I was like a seventh or eighth grader in this gymnastics class for five-year-olds. It was super awkward and I never learned how to do a backflip the whole summer. I was really upset. Going on. All right, so there is a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus, mother 
was Mary, right? Mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also had been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. <clears throat> Remember what I was saying about mothers and how they like to nudge? <clears throat> they have no wine. <clears throat> Fix the problem, right? And Jesus said to her, woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. See, here's the thing. Mama knew something about her son. If you go back to the very beginning and you see where the wise men came and visited uh, when Jesus was born, right? At Christmas time, the wise men came and, and you see when, when, uh, when the, the shepherds came and, and there's this line that Mary says, and Mary saw these things and she kept them and she pondered them in her heart. See, Mary knew something was special about her son. Besides the whole angels and the whole virgin birth, I mean, that would definitely give it away. But there was something that she knew that there is greatness inside of her son. And there was something that was amazing. And she, she longed for her son to be all that he was created to be, to be all that, that he came to earth to be. She longed for her son, Jesus, to step into his destiny. And I'm telling you, some of you have parents or adults that are longing for you to step into your destiny. And they're going to give you a little nudge. Mary gave Jesus a little nudge saying, hey, it's time for you to step into your destiny. Because I know that you can do this, that you are equipped, that you have some greatness inside of you. It's time for you to step into your destiny. And we're going to talk about this later, but... Some of us need to see people around us, and we need to be Mary, and we need to be the nudgers, and we need to help people say, hey, there's greatness inside of you, and it's time for you to step into your destiny. Man, there's, there's something incredible, and it's time for you to step out. It's time for you to study up a little bit. It's time for you to go and try out for that soccer team, because there's something incredible inside of you, and we need to be those nudgers. But see, the thing about Jesus was this. Jesus knew something that his mama didn't know. And he knew that when he performed this miracle, it was going to start the countdown to the cross. And I believe that the same Jesus that was in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane right before he was betrayed that said, God, if there is any way that you could take this cup from me, would you do it? But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I believe the same Jesus that was saying that had that same feeling right back here at this wedding. And said, I don't, I know that if I do this, it all starts. And so I almost feel like there's a tentativeness of, okay, let's, let's do this. And so we see Jesus do something. Because he realized every miracle and every sermon he preached was drawing him closer to the cross. We catch up on verse 6. It says this, now standing there were six stone jars of, for water for the Jewish rites of purification each holding about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. If I was one of the servants, I'd be like, um, okay. They're not out of water. They're out of wine. And, and Jesus, I know this, this party's kind of crazy, but I don't think they're that drunk that they're going to notice that there's water is now something different. I, I think we need to fill it with something else. Maybe apple juice. Do you got something around there? Maybe some vinegar. Like, if I was a servant, I'd be like, fill it with water. Why are we filling it with water? That doesn't make any sense. Keep going. He said to them, now draw some out 
and take it to the chief steward. So they took it out, and when the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and, when the, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. See, in the cultural context, running out of wine wasn't just like a, oops, like, oh well, it's time to go home. It would bring public humiliation and shame, and your great day would turn into a horrible day. Like, I can imagine this might have sparked on the first, like, bicker of the couple. All I told you to do was get the drinks. I did get the drinks. No, we're out. I can't believe it. And now the party's going to end. I, I'm sorry. You ruined my day. Do you know how much I spent on this dress? I'm sorry. I didn't realize Uncle Larry was going to drink all of that, right? Like, if I was the guy, I would have been like, all right, let's go to Walmart and pick up every bottle that you can find, just anything on the shelf. I don't care what it is, right? We'll just say it's wine, Pepsi, uh, water and drugs, whatever. We're just going to just get everything, right? But see here, this is what I love, is there's this imagery of what God was doing. When we run out, God shows up. When we run out of this, this, this commodity, all of a sudden God shows up. And see, this miracle, and this, this is what I love, this miracle wasn't about saving a life. This miracle was about saving face. This miracle wasn't about like, oh, eternity is in the balance and we're going to change. No, no, no. It was about helping somebody not be embarrassed. Helping somebody save face. And this is why our God is a great God. Our God's awesome, not because he could do incredible big things like keep us in orbit, right? That is awesome. But our God is awesome because he cares about the small things. He cares about you running out of wine at your wedding. And this is what's cool is, and I want you to catch this. It's a big, if it's a big deal to you, if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. So often we think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just, I'm just so insecure about my whatever it might be. I don't like the way I look. I don't like uh, that I can't ever get good grades. I can't, I can't play sports. I'm so unathletic. I can't do this. I can't do And all of a sudden, we, it's a big deal to us. God, I just, man, if I could just get an A, if I could just get, uh, you know, uh, to start on the soccer team, if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. God cares about the small things in your life. So here's the thing. Why did Jesus fill the jars with water? 30 gallons of water. And sometimes, I want you to catch this, sometimes you won't always understand why God's asking you to do something. This is, I don't understand, this is dumb. I'm filling it with water. We need wine. This doesn't make any sense. Not, not computing. I think Jesus, maybe you drank the rest of the wine because this isn't making any sense to me. I'm not sure why you're telling me to fill this up with, with water. But here's, here's what I want you to catch. You have to do the natural so that God can do the supernatural sometimes. That God wants you to do something natural so that, so that God can do something supernatural. And if you do the little things that God asks you to do like they're big things, God will do the big things like they're little things. You say, well, what does that mean? Like if you pray like your prayers actually matter, God, God's going to show up and show off in your life. If you, if you read your Bible like your life actually depended on it, if you witnessed to people around you and invited them to church like eternity actually matters, guess what? God is going to show up and do something miraculous in your life. He's going to show up and he's going to show off and do something spectacular. He took six jars of water and turned them into 757 bottles of wine. 
Because our God is a God that does immeasurably more than we could ever hope for, dream of, or imagine. And in this, Jesus showed that he had the power over every atom on the planet. He was like, boom, every atom. Like, it wasn't like he was adding food coloring and it was like, hey, look, mix it around. Voila! Right? No, no. He changed the molecular structure of water to wine, which is crazy. A process that should take three years, three seconds is how long it took Jesus. Right? And so what, what we see here is this. Water, most basic element on earth, I would argue also the most vital, right? We can't live without water. It has no caloric value, but our bodies uh, wouldn't survive if we didn't have it. Right? And see, so we, we look at water, and it's, you know, you could go to any faucet in this, uh, in this church, and you'll get water. And yet, it was what Jesus used as a miracle. And what I want you to see is Jesus used something plain, something ordinary, often something that we overlook and take for granted. And some of you in this room are feeling pretty plain, pretty ordinary, overlooked, and taken for granted. And you're just like, I'm just water. I'm just like everything else. Look, I'm in a big sea. I'm at Lake Erie, and I see water all around me. I'm nothing special. I'm nothing special. I'm just ordinary water. And yet God took that water and changed it into something incredible, changed the molecular particles in it to make it into his first miracle. God crafted everything together, and he put uh, you know that 99% of our bodies are made up of six atoms? Six, just six atoms. And yet, there's been no human that's like another human. For all of mankind, there's been no one that's, that's the exact Caleb Taylor or Caleb Rogan or, or Wade Gallion or Alyssa Leper. There's been no other person like them. What's, that's incredible. And under your chair, now you can get those, those envelopes out, are, is an envelope of six Lego bricks. Six Legos. Lego my ego. Six Lego bricks. I want to I ask you something. How many different combinations of like putting together, because some of you guys said you're like really into Legos. Um, how many different combinations do you think you can get with six Lego bricks? If you don't break them. How many, how many, how many combinations? 36, 42, a little bit higher. 100. What? 150? 1 million? 600? Okay. You think a million? You could get a million combinations out of six blocks. You're crazy. Anyone else? Any other guests? Okay. I want you, I want you to catch this. Out of that, out of that, those six bricks, if you, did somebody do the formula? Let's see if you guys got it right. You probably did, because you guys are mouth. No. Five million? <laughs> no. Okay, you want to know what the calculations is? The, how many combinations you can get in your hands right now? You want to know? 915 million, 103,765 915 million combinations are in your hands right now. That is crazy. That is crazy. And yet, guess what? 
If you could do that with bricks, what could God do with you? If you could do that with bricks, what could God do with you? And so I want you to catch this tonight. Our God is so big that he desires to move in and through your life, and he desires to do big things in you. If he could do, if we could have 915 million combinations, and some of you guys are going to stay up all night trying to figure out every single combination. One, two, three, four. What are you at? I'm at 111. It's taking me four hours, right? Um, here's what I want to, what does this all mean? I'm going to bring it home, all right? What does this all mean? So pay attention. I know you guys are really excited about Legos. I, I went back and forth whether or not I should have given you Legos uh, to begin with, but I believe in you. Here, here's what it all means. What, what do we do with this? Okay, Ghani, I get it. God turned water into wine, something plain into something beautiful. Right? I loved what this author said uh, this one time when he was describing what uh, the changing of water into wine. He goes, it was the day that water blushed in the view of its creator. And I thought that imagery was really cool. And see, here's the thing. So water could t- or God could take something very plain. Me. Donnie Stewart. Something very plain, very ordinary, often felt forgotten or, or just overlooked. Nothing spectacular. And he could change and use it to do a miracle, to save face for somebody, to help somebody see his power in a new way. God could take you. Maybe you feel ordinary. Maybe you feel like everything else. Maybe you just feel like another load of bricks. But God could take you and shape you and put you in a combination that's unlike any other that will help somebody else draw closer to them, and they need you. They need you to be all that God's created you to be. And so what do we do with all this? So the first thing is, we need to start reminding ourselves daily that we are a miracle. Start reminding yourself daily. When you go to bed tonight, I want you to thank God for keeping you in orbit for another day because that was a big thing. That was a big miracle. 70,000 miles an hour, spinning over 1,000 miles an hour. You traveled 1.6 million miles today. I want you to thank God for that. And then tomorrow when you wake up, I want you to thank God for not only caring about the big things, but the small things. For caring about the things that are big to you, because it's big to him. And so we need to start reminding ourselves daily that God, you created me. You shoved uh, two and a half times the circumference of the earth worth of blood vessels inside of this body. Something that I can never do on my own. And God, I need to recognize that you created me and I'm a miracle. Here's the second thing we need to do. Actually, before I get to that, I want to, want to say this phrase, and it's at the bottom of your sheet. When you start to realize who God really is, it starts to change the way you live. When you start to realize who God really is, that he is a miracle maker, and that he didn't just make water into wine. Who cares about water into wine? Or, yeah, water into wine. He takes the ordinary into something extraordinary, and that's what he's still doing today, and that's what he still wants to do in your life right now. Tomorrow, he wants to take your ordinary water life and turn it into something extraordinary to help somebody else see the power of Jesus. And two, what else do we need to do? Not only do we need to remind ourselves daily that we are a miracle, but two, we need to submit to his authority, and he will answer you. What does that mean? It means to trust God. See, some of you might be like me, and this is what I do. We need to stop coming up with our own solutions and claiming them to be God's. I'm going to step on a toe 
here or there. We need to stop coming up with solutions and claiming them to be God's. Well, it didn't happen. It must not be what God wanted. Well, they didn't come to church. God must not want them to come to church. Well, I didn't get on the team. Oh, well, I, I didn't get A's in my classes. I must just supposed to be dumb. Well, I, I didn't get on the team. I just must, I just must supposed to be uh, just not a great all-star. Well, you know, uh, this didn't happen. My parents didn't stay together. God must have just wanted them to be divorced. Well, this didn't. All of a sudden, we started coming up with these own solutions in our minds of, well, that just must be what God wanted to do. And all of a sudden, we're starting to miss out and say, no, 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 God, you want to perform a miracle in my life. Because if it's a big deal to me, it's a big deal to you. If it's a big deal to me, it's a big deal to you. we got to stop saying that, well, God just must want me to be alone, no friends, depressed, sick, timid. I want you to catch this. Just because your miracle hasn't come through doesn't mean that it won't. Just because your miracle hasn't come through yet, just because you haven't gotten the good grades yet, just because your parents haven't gotten back together yet, just because whatever it might be, fill in the blank, hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean that it won't. You are not called to be concerned about the miracle. You are called to seek after Jesus. You are, not you are not called to say, well, where's the water into wine? Why isn't this happening? Come on, Jesus. Snap to it. Get on that. No, you're called to seek Jesus and trust him. Your job's not to be concerned about the miracle, but rather your commitment to Jesus. And so this last thing that I want you to know, I want us to look at is, whose nudger do you need to be? Who do you need to nudge that's around you? Maybe they're on your team. Maybe they're in your family. Maybe they're in your school or at the lunchroom uh, table. Or maybe they're in your neighborhood. Whose nudger do you need to be? See, Mary gave Jesus a nudge because she saw something in him that no one else did. She knew of the greatness that was in him. So who's walking past you on your team, in your neighborhood, at your job, that there's greatness inside of them? And you need to just kind of nudge them, give them a spiritual nudge. Because they, they, you don't realize that one encouraging word to them could change their destiny. When you start to nudge them, they might then realize that they are called a step into their destiny. Into everything that they were put here on this earth to be. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says this, Let us consider then how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Caleb, if you could come up and play. Uh, as we're, we're going to close, I want to kind of focus on this real fast. Is, is this, just because you feel like somebody puts you in a mold, maybe a Lego mold, just because you feel like you're just every an ordinary mold like everyone else, doesn't mean that that's the way that God created you to be. You don't need to conform to the pattern of this world. You're called to be transformed. And how do you do that? by the renewing of your mind, by, by seeking after Jesus and saying, God, I need to believe every day that I am a miracle, that I was put here to be a miracle. God has something unique, something special. Hey, listen up, man, just give me a few more minutes. God has something unique and something special for you. That he could put you here for a reason. He could have put anybody here, and you've heard me say that so many times. He could have put anybody here, but he put you. He chose you to live in this year of 2015, October 7th. He could have put anybody, but he put you, unique individual here for a reason. 
And you need to realize that you're here for a reason and maybe you need to help nudge somebody so that they can step into their destiny, so that they can do something that others say, oh my goodness, that was incredible. Look at what God can do. He can take something ordinary like me. He can take something ordinary and turn it into something extraordinary as a way of bringing him glory, as a way of saying, hey, our God is greater than anything else. And I want you to see this. Jesus' very first miracle, turning water into wine, foreshadowed something at the end of his life. Because the God that created, that turned water into wine, then at this supper with a bunch of his disciples, turned this wine, this glass of wine, into this bottomless glass of grace. Because at the supper, he said, hey, he took this bread and he said, my bread, this is my body that's broken for you. He took this glass of wine and he said, this is a new covenant that's being poured out for you. That my grace, and he goes on, we talk about how God's grace is sufficient to meet every one of our needs. And so in that moment, that the God that turned water into wine now turns this wine into a bottomless glass of grace by sending his son to the cross so that we can be transformed forever. So that we can have a life that's eternal. So that we can actually do something with our life that has a meaning. That we can be a sweet Lego contraption and not just an ordinary one brick on top of another brick. I just feel so ordinary. God put you here. He wants you to live life full. He has this incredible, incredible life for you. He created every atom in your body, and He wants to transform your life into something special. So, tonight, I want everyone to close their eyes. Don't be talking to anyone. Don't be looking around. This isn't going to be anything weird, but I want you to say, you know what? Now, I, haven't really, I haven't really experienced that. I, I don't really see myself as a miracle. In fact, I see myself as kind of plain water. I see myself as kind of just a plain Lego that is just like every other Lego, but, but Donnie, I want to see myself the way that God sees me. I want to see myself in a different light. I want to, I want to be used by God in a different way. I want God to transform my plain water into something extraordinary. I want God to transform my plain Legos into something incredible. I believe that there's so much more to life than just this. If that's you, if you're saying, man, I want to accept Jesus into my life tonight. I want to I want to accept him and to transform my life. Would you just put up your hand? I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just want you to put up your hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. And tonight we're just going to say a prayer and everyone's going to repeat. But tonight there's going to be a moment where you get to say, God, I give you everything of me in this plain water that I feel like I am and I'm asking that you do something extraordinary and that you transform my life to be used by you. Because I'm not going to just seek after the miracles. I'm not just going to seek you the miracles of, of what I need, the answers that I need. I need good grades. I need my parents to get back together. I need this help in my, in my life. No, no, I'm going to seek Jesus. And when we seek Jesus long enough, man, the miracles will follow. I'm just going to seek Jesus. I'm not going to be concerned about seeking the miracles. Thanks again for listening to this message from Reality Student Ministries. Our hope is that you've learned a little bit more of who God is and who He has called you to be. For information on how you can get connected to our student ministry, be sure to check us out online at reality.painsvilleag.com 
or like our Facebook page at RSM. Now get out there and have an incredible day.